episode eight of Strange Brow Radio. I'm your host, Tobe Johnson. Thank you for tuning in yet again. It was a stunning day, and we had a beautiful day out in the Pacific Northwest. I just got in and thought I'd edit the show together. We put this together every Monday, and so today we have an amazing guest, Carrie Campbell. She is an energetic healer, at the very least, and also wife of Ron Moorhead, so you can imagine where that will go. So thank you for joining us, and thank you again to our sponsor, Feral by Aaron, 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 Aaron. Beautiful Feral by Aaron, making the most gorgeous shaman-inspired drums, rattles, and smudge sticks out of the Olympic Peninsula. You can find her at her Etsy store. She was out milling about, finding beautiful pieces of natural driftwood today on the lakeshore. So, new pieces coming your way. Check out Feral by Aaron at Etsy.com. Next up, Carrie Campbell, energetic healer and Sasquatch witness. Okay, let's talk about it. We'll be right back. As I said, Carrie Campbell is going to be joining us today in Strange Brow. And this was a conversation on Valentine's Day. That was um, a heartfelt thing for her to do, no pun intended. And we have about a good, I don't know, about an hour-long conversation about all Carrie Campbell. I had no idea. Um, You know, she's a close friend of ours. And like I said, she's wife of, of Ron Moorhead of the CR Sounds. But... Carrie, in her own right, has an amazing pedigree, and she uh, tells us a lot about how important fascia release is. And if you don't know anything about the fascia, it's just imagine like the milky netting that coats all your muscle and bone. And there's uh, a lot of energy work that people do in and around that area of the body, and that has some amazing qualities once you release it. And if you think it's just going to end with talking about that, you're sadly mistaken. We're also going to talk about uh, Carrie's Reiki uh, background and her yoga background and also talk about cloaking Sasquatches. Now, she had a a moment there with with Ron Moorhead, and we're going to dig into that one as well. So sit back, enjoy this conversation when with someone who knows uh, Ron Moorhead very well and uh, knows a lot about energy healing and energy work. I give to you the lovely Carrie Campbell. Today's guest is Carrie Campbell. She is a Reiki attunement. Would I call you a master, Carrie? A Reiki master. A Reiki master. And she runs Mm -hmm. Advanced Energy Medicine. She also specializes in myofascial release. She studied at Hearns Massage Therapy School, Lahiri School of Yoga. She's also a life coach and went to the Interchange Community Institute. So there's quite a pedigree, quite the certification. Carrie Campbell is also a friend and wife of Ron Moorhead of the Sierra Sounds. But along the way, Carrie, you've had uh, quite a bit of experience outside of anything to do with Ron. So that's what I wanted to dig into first. Um, like I said, we just dug ourselves out of the snow here in the Pacific Northwest 
And now we have a chance here to dig into the issues with Carrie Campbell. Welcome to Strange Brow Radio. Thank you, Toby. It's an honor. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So Carrie and I go back like six or seven years ago. As I said, we met through her husband, Ron Moorhead. And at that time, you know, I hadn't had really a chance to sit down with Carrie. I've never had personal energy work done by anyone, really, except maybe my girlfriend. Outside of that, it's just kind of been uh, listening and watching the results. So tell everybody exactly what you do for a living. All right. I'll try to put it in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, it's kind of an alchemy of all of those things that you mentioned before. And what I am a licensed uh, massage therapist. And so that enables me to kind of bring all of those therapies together under one roof. And so when I see my clients, typically there's always a little bit of coaching or nutritional counseling goes along with uh, helping them figure out how to get out of pain. And what the myofascial release does is literally releases that tension in the body. You know, our body is fascia, which we can get into exactly what that is here in a little bit. Uh, it, it can put up to 2,000 pounds of tensile pressure on our nerves and joints and muscles and bones. And that hurts a lot. <laughs> so through long-held traction and compression, we get the physical fascia to kind of let go a little bit of its hold on the body. And then what, where the energy work comes in is, first of all, the fascia is an energy conductor of the body throughout the entire body to every cell and along with information. Um, and so me then flowing divine energy through the means of Reiki, but really we're all, we just have to learn how to get in touch with that if we're not already to flow healing energy to one another. Um, and so that's what I do after I open the body up a little bit more physically, then I flow energy through to help the body bring itself up to a more healthy vibration, a more healthy frequency. So, okay, let's talk about myofascial release because the little bit mm -hmm. that I understand there, um, it's almost like the outer white webbing that lays on top of the t muscles. Is that how you... Well, that yes yes in a sense um you know we would say i i can i can read this to you and when, when they first started researching this and really research into the fascia itself which they've just claimed to be an organ in and of itself uh the research has just started like 40 years ago in earnest uh, but the fascia is the network of connected tissue that envelops everything in the whole entire body from muscles, bones, uh, down to cells, uh, organs. It's kind of the suit or body stocking that keeps all of the parts in place. And literally without it, we would just kind of be a clump of mush on the floor. Um, but it's what helps us move around on our earth that has gravity. It's... Um, it's capable of transmitting information and energy much faster than like six times faster than, or I'm sorry, 15 times faster than the nervous system. 
and it has six times the nerve receptors than the muscles or any other part of the body. So it's, it's really changing the whole face of science in how we look at the body. Um, you know, I, I heard somebody say it's, um, it's like when we used to think that <laughs> the flat earthers will appreciate this, or maybe they won't. <laughs> when we used to think of the, the earth as flat, and then we discovered that it was round. It, it, it takes all of the research just to a whole new level. So this, this outer membrane, it coats the entire muscle, and it is also responsible for muscle grouping and for... Um, are you saying that along the way here by you know, working on a myofascial release, was that something that you would do daily as kind of like an exercise? Mm -hmm. this, isn't, this isn't so much something that you would, I mean, I guess you could go in and have this done as a preventative measure mm -hmm. as well, right? I do, most of the clients, yes, you, you definitely could. Most of the clients who come to see me are coming to see me because they're in pain, have been in pain for a long time, and no one can figure out how to help them relieve that. Um, a lot of the kind of unknown illnesses that the medical community can't really put a tag on and don't understand, they're finding is something that's generating from the body of the fascia, inflammation of the fascia and restriction of the fascia. But this is also something that, I mean, I do things for myself every day to relieve, release my own fascia. Yoga is fabulous for it. Um, every morning when I wake up in bed, I have a funny routine that I do. You know, shaking and vibration is wonderful to get the fascia to release and let go. Because after we've been sleeping all night, it's kind of, I mean, fascia is literally the glue that holds together, but it's in uh, tensile layers uh, and threads that, you know, after sleeping for eight hours at night, if we're lucky, get stuck together. And so it's nice to just kind of shake our body and do some stretches when we first get up in the morning uh, to release that on our own. Right. So you do a daily regimen and along the way here, you've mm -hmm. helped people out close and near and dear to you. I know that, uh, Aaron yes. has uh, had improvements. Give, it, give people an yes. idea of the most dramatic thing that the release has done. Are you talking to Aaron or me? Well, just a, a client without naming okay. names. Oh, for as far me. As like dramatic, you know, someone maybe that yeah. uh, has had symptoms for years that were undiagnosed right. or untreated and, right. you know, this may have come... I've yeah, I probably, I have a few of those. I guess one of the most dramatic was uh, I was working with a client who was a quadriplegic from a very young age from a car accident and really didn't have any feeling down the spine and in the legs. Um, and we worked together a couple of times a week for six months religiously. And at about the three to four month mark, they started having return of sensation and a feeling of warmth down the trunk of the body, a little more movement in the fingers. Um, and I, honestly, that was probably the most amazing to me. 
um, the regenerative capabilities of working with that fascia because it can transmit energy and information. They've learned that our nerves are not the only thing that we can get information from um, or signals from. And so they're finding through helping to regenerate and release the restrictions in the fascia, people who do have very limited mobility or even have spinal injuries can begin to have sensation uh, in arms and legs, parts of the body that they didn't before. That's probably the most dramatic. Yeah, we're here today with Carrie Campbell. Um, She's the founder of Advanced Energy Medicine, Reiki Master, and uh, uh, yoga instructor as well. Um, yeah. I want to ask you here, since I have permission to ask you this here, Aaron, yeah. my girlfriend, can't, had a chance to come in and see you. And there was yeah. um, a giant's uh, moment that happened where a crystal was cracked. Tell the audience what happened with this crystal and if that's ever happened before. Oh my goodness. I will have to, I'm going to have to jog my memory on that um, with Aaron. I can't recall that. Oh, okay. Yeah, she described a moment where you were working on her and you had a a crystal sitting beside the table and that the crystal kind of split during... Oh, oh, the pop. The pop of the... Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. You know, I... That was an amazing session. And with Erin, I I actually used a beautiful drum that she had made me in addition to that. And after we had done some of the release and was flowing energy, I have this very large piece of selenite um, over on the table and selenite is known for, you know, transmuting um, lower frequency to higher. And we heard, we heard just this little, almost like you hear ice crack in a storm. We've heard a lot of that lately. It, It was like this little like pop crack with it that came from, beautiful big piece of selenite so yeah no that's never happened before <laughs> <laughs> now what would, that, what would that be a what would that be a sign of <laughs> as far as as far as what being done is <laughs> you know i i have i don't know that i can say <laughs> no things were happening yeah Energy things were happening. shifting Things yeah. are happening. Energy was shifting. Yeah. Was if awesome. anybody can crack yeah. selenite, it's got to be <laughs> the lovely Valentine's out here on the deck. Right um, yeah, she told me that story there. I wasn't surprised at all, but uh, it sounded like a, yeah. a powerful moment. Now, you've had some other yeah. remarkable, uh, you know, uh, patients. Would we call them clients or patients? I call them clients. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, you have fine. to be kind of careful since it's you're not technically an MD. Is that is that part of the issue? Right. Okay. Right. I mean, I do have some license being a massage therapist to use right. certain terminology, but I've been a holistic practitioner for so long, Toby, that I learned early on, you know, over a decade ago, um, decade almost two decades ago now, I guess, <laughs> to just um, not use certain words and right. use others just to sure. make sure that I stay well within, you know, sure that area. 
<laughs> but other other instances that have have happened, um, you know, I had a client that had chronic uh, migraine and neck pain, and really after just one session together, this one's on my website. After one session together, she didn't have pain for like five or six months. She didn't come back to see me. Um, and um, another one who was really suffering um, from fibromyalgia mm -hmm. for years. And, you know, fibromyalgia is such a gray area in the medical field. And it's a tough one. What ends up happening is the client ends up just becoming distraught because they're being told that it's all in their head. And really, it's in their fascia. And by being able to really get good releases on the large bodies and the large planes of the fascia, she, it completely relieved her fibromyalgia and she hasn't had a recurrence and it's been four years now. Right. Fibromyalgia so is one of those things that, uh, does it typically hit women fibromyalgia? I don't know too many cases with men if that's the case. Um, there are, I do have a couple of male clients that have fibromyalgia, so it does hit men. Um, I think that it tends to hit women in larger numbers. Mm -hmm. um, I think that women tend to uh, hold our stress more in our body, you know, being the caretakers of mm -hmm. our family, of the world, all of that. Um, we tend to keep things kind of locked in our body, and so it literally gets stuck in our tissues, in that connected tissue and binds people up. And so it's, it's a real deal thing and it can be very painful. Um, so, yes. Now, Carrie, you didn't grow up, you didn't grow up around a lot of this, did you? I mean, as far as like your, your upbringing, uh, energy mm -hmm. work, yoga, um, you yeah. know, health being, uh, you know, at the forefront of everything. What was, what were your, what was your yeah. childhood like? Interestingly enough, you know, my mom kind of went through phases back and forth and some of it had to do with religion and, and, you know, um, kind of going in and out of that. But, you know, as a very young girl, my, my mother took me to this crazy chiropractor. We all loaded in this little bus and went to, or into a van and, drove to this place in the Bay Area and you stood in front of this big metal machine and he lines your neck up and then whaps you right in the neck with this big machine. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, I think I was like 12 or 13. I thought, oh my gosh. What, what is <laughs> so my mother exposed me to alternative therapies at a young age. Um, and she would kind of go in and out of a health food craze or the other, you know, she's, she's a natural born caretaker herself and a highly intuitive woman um, still. But that was also mixed in with, you know, Oscar Mayer bologna and American cheese food wrapped in cellophane. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No. So it was a mixed bag. <laughs> Did you say that your mother was, uh, she was in tune? Are you saying that she had a gift of, uh, you know, extrasensory? Oh, yes. Yes. Very, very much so. Uh, especially when it came to her kids. And I've written about that in my book that I hope to finish this year. But my mom was, man, if my brother and I were in trouble or doing something wrong, she knew. 
she knew for sure. You're right. The first time I, you want you want an example? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Uh, what were you doing? Freshman year of high school, um, I had finished majorette practice, and my girlfriend, you know, had, I don't know if she had been smoking something she shouldn't have been or not. I was a very good girl in high school, so I was not privy to all of that stuff. She asked me if I wanted to drive her car home, and I was like, oh, my God, I love to drive. I drive my uncle's tractor every time I could get my hands on it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll drive, even though I was, you know, two, two years shy of getting my uh, – license or even my permit at that point and so we get in the car and we're taking the back roads home and we go around the first corner and we come around the second corner to the stop sign and guess who's sitting at the other side of the intersection staring right in my eyes wow <laughs> mom she said she was vacuuming the floor and just got a message go get carrie she's in trouble and there she was so who knows what would have happened if mom hadn't come you know around the next corner. Maybe something right. bad would happen. Maybe not. I don't know. Did this, is this something, something that, that did happen, along, I got in trouble. Is this something that followed along, Carrie, on the women's side of the family, going back to your grandmother and beyond? You know, I really don't know for my grandmother um, as far as what her intuition is like. That would be an interesting conversation to have with my mother, though. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, definitely for myself, even when I was a very young woman, um, when my grandfather passed away, I was actually in Europe on a tour with my high school band. And I had a dream the night that he passed. I had a dream that he died. Um, and that's, you know, the most major of instances, but, um, my biological cousin, who's my adopted sister on my mom's side, she def definitely had strong intuition. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I was just racking my brain here about how to broach this subject, but I'll just ask, you grew up inside the church like I did. This is, you know, mm -hmm. by far, this is something that you can't really practice or talk about when you're involved in, you know, the church. Yeah. So as yeah. far as your opinion on where the church is and how um, they could maybe see the light, so to speak, with what you're mm -hmm. doing, um, mm -hmm. how do you feel about that? And what, what are your recommendations to people that kind of want to investigate with what you're doing, but their culture, yeah. their worldview doesn't allow them to seek you right. or practice what you're practicing? Yeah. You know, um, I had a very interesting upbringing in the religious sector, I guess you would say, in that, you know, one grandmother was strict Southern Baptist and then one, the other grandmother was Pentecostal Church of God. And in the Pentecostal Church of God, you have the laying on of hands and you have the healing through the power of Holy Spirit. And so growing up as a young woman, I saw that happen. I saw spontaneous healing. I heard, you know, speaking in tongues, which just sounded crazy when I was a young girl. <laughs> so, and ever since I was little, my first instinct was always if there was an animal injured or if my little brother got hurt or anything like that was instantly to put my hands on it. Either I would pick up the animal and cradle it in my hands cupped, or I would put my hands on my little brother, or, you know, that, that was just kind of an instinct uh, that I grew up with. And 
I have, as a Reiki and energy practitioner, received a little bit, it's mostly fear. Uh, people who have grown up in a certain paradigm and been told that certain things are evil or not from where they think they should be, um, there's a factor of fear. And what I offer my clients is, you know, really all Reiki is, it means ray of light. And it's God's divine energy that he created us with. And when we can really open ourselves up to be a vessel for that, we can help heal ourselves and each other in the way that God designed us to do. Mm-hmm. So the miracles uh, that you saw in the church, it sounds like you witnessed miracles mm-hmm. by laying a hands. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. So these yes. miracles are, you find these miracles to be possible with the work you're doing mm-hmm. as well? I do. I do. Um, you know, there's definitely been, I've, I've been following Joe Dispenza and really what he's doing at his workshops and his extended workshops is vibrational energy frequency transfer, divine, highest frequency, being a conduit to help the organs and tissues in our body to come up to a level of healthy frequency you know all illnesses in our body is a slowing of frequency and so what happens when you know they say matter is just waves that have dropped into a cycle so low that it becomes matter mm-hmm. so you know the lower our heart vibrates or the lower our liver vibrates or the lower our stomach vibrates it can move into this place of dis-ease. You know, there's a certain hertz of frequency that all of our tissues in our body, if they can stay within that range, we have optimal health. And when they dip down below that range, due to usually restriction mm-hmm. uh, or inflammation of some sort, uh, then it dips down to that lower frequency. You know, God made our bodies in intelligent design and if we can help one another realize the proper frequency of health, then it can kind of kickstart our own body into getting itself back up to a healthy state. Right. And there's the key word is inflammation. If there's one thing that comes up mm-hmm. time and time again uh, with mm-hmm. medicine and uh, doing what you're doing with energy work, it's this inflammation right. that impairs and mutates and grows things like cancer and um, right. This is this is what you're trying to stop is this inflammation, this right. this clogging of of sorts going on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now I want to ask you, Carrie, if you work with any guides, do you have anybody else that we maybe can't see, someone that you lean on uh, to help you do this, angelic? Or you know, yeah, angelic. Yes, definitely. Um, I I call on Jesus. I call on Archangel Raphael, I call on my angels, and I call on the angels of whoever I'm working with. So in that regard, yes. Um, other guides, no. I really haven't delved into that. I know a lot of Reiki practitioners do, mm-hmm. but I don't want to have to be the one to discern in that area. Right. I just want to do my job of being a clean, clear conduit and so I, that's where I put my focus 
and uh, my intention mm -hmm. is being a clean, clear conduit for divine, you know, white light and healing energy frequency. So have you ever been surprised at anything or any, anyone who's popped in outside of Jesus or Raphael or your own spirit guides? Have there been any surprises while you're working? As far as not, not, not so much for me and not, um, I get, uh, you know, my information mostly through sensation, actually through my fascia, because that's always my intention that I said, you know, please let, let me understand what, let my fascia talk to their fascia so that I can get information that I need to, you know, help the energy flow where it needs to flow. Uh, there's been one time, I do know that several of my clients have said to me that they get visions of different things. Um, but, um, while, while you're you know, working only, on them, you mean Carrie, while you're working on them, they have visions? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They'll get, they'll get, yeah, visions of, of different things. And, and most often it's something that is relevant to them or right. for them. Um, you know, whether they, they see a big white horse or a beautiful aqua purple dragon or, you know, <laughs> what have you. Um, but that's usually for them. Um, have you ever shared an experience with a client? Like shared a vision, shared, um, you know, some, some uh, you know, entity coming in? No, not really. Like okay. No, mm -mm, no, I don't really delve into that much. The one time that I um, had an experience, and this is maybe how we segue into things that you usually talk about on Strange Brow, those strange things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, this, was, this was actually another Sasquatch researcher, and uh, they had been out in the field and had been asking for a healing, and they got it. And it felt so strange and scary to them that, and they started feeling sick and they came home and they called me and said, oh my gosh, I'm really feeling ill. I don't know what to do. I feel afraid. My whole body is buzzing. I don't know, you know. Um, and so I said, well, if you'd like, I'll, I'll be happy to take a quiet minute and sit down in meditation, see if I can connect in and get any information. And as soon as I sat down and closed my eyes, I got, she didn't know that she had been healed. She didn't know that, um, that that had taken place. She just had really weird sensations in her body and was afraid. Um, and um, I, I got the very clear message of the healing is happening. What's happening are the toxins are just being offloaded at a very fast rate. That's why she's feeling sick, need to drink a lot of water and everything's going to be okay. And so I relayed that message to her, and surely enough, that's how it went. And that was really the first time that I got something, you know, that kind of pointed and directed of, this is what's happening, this is what she needs to do, and everything's fine. So, After you're done working on someone, Carrie, is there... <sighs> I don't want to say a price to pay, but as far as like your, mm -hmm. your energy flowing from you, mm -hmm. if you're working on somebody else, I would imagine that you'd be drained afterwards. Is that the case? Well, that's the beauty of flowing divine energy. It's not my energy. <laughs> it flows through me. I am the vessel. So I get fed at the same time that I'm mm -hmm. working on the client. 
Um, I, I do know that there are some energy workers that work with manipulating with their own energy and actually like working to remove the lower frequencies or vibrations or pain from their client and, and take them away on their own and then they have to get rid of them. And I, I don't, that, that would make me sick and I don't want that. And right. so I just, I always set the intention of, I, I am just the clean, clear vessel for divine energy and wisdom to flow through me because that is what knows best that needs to happen for the person and for those lower vibrations to just be transmuted uh, and, and taken care of. Um, We're here today again with Carrie so. Campbell, um, founder of Advanced Energy Medicine, Reiki Attunement and myofascial release specialist, also yoga master. She does a little bit of everything. Oh, I'm not a yoga master. Oh, but... <laughs> you are, you are, just admit it. She does the download oh. <laughs> Carrie, okay, I want to read something here, and then we're going to yeah. segue into a, a different topic altogether here. Now, this is okay. out of chapter 17 out of a book called Quantum Bigfoot here, and there's a quote oh. by Carrie. I'm going to read it. Oh. Circa 2017. This is mm -hmm. what I have in my hands. I think as a serious researcher, it's important to be mindful to not discount people who share experiences outside of our body of knowledge. Yes, we may be discerning, but open disbelief implies they're being dishonest. And for all we know, we just don't know. Okay, I think that's a good place mm -hmm. to start here. There's so much to surround this topic, but just to let people know again, your husband is Ron Moorhead, and Ron isn't even home this yeah. weekend. Uh, he's he off at a, at a Sasquatch conference, which he does quite often, and he's devoted yeah. a good amount of years uh, to, you know, at least undoing some of the riddle behind the enigma of the Sasquatch conundrum, and he's done so since the early 70s from the high sierras now down here to the olympic rainforest and you kind of met him uh you know while he was in the middle of this heat wave of writing this book quantum bigfoot at least wrapping his mind around a different theory than a mm -hmm. giant relic hominid which i don't know if he's ever totally believed that but you caught him right. in the middle of basically coming out of the closet you know as a as a flute player uh, you know, at least entertaining the woo factor. So how have you, how have you helped him along in this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Ron and I re-met just five years ago. I know time flies. You said six to seven. Really, it's only been five, but it seems like longer, doesn't it? Um, so we re-met five years ago. I have known Ron since I was 16 years old, very young woman. He's, you know, a bit older than me. And as a young woman, um, I knew him in our church as the Bigfoot man. And he was the guy that helped my mom and dad kind of get their restaurant up and going. And so when Ron and I reconnected five years ago, um, the reason that we found one another so interesting was because I had been studying Lloyd Pye's work with the Star Child. And he was coming into, you know, he had just come back from his second trip to uh, Peru to study the skulls. Uh, so he was, he was on this journey of trying to figure out these enigmas. Um, 
And uh, so it was really, you know, three and a half years ago when he really started putting in time in earnest to uh, sit down and pound the quantum Bigfoot out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So there, there, there was a good bit of collaboration uh, between the two of us, you know, in that. But my goodness, he, he did hours and hours and hours and hours of research for that book and just, you know, reading everything that he could get his hands on about quantum physics and getting a grasp on what it meant and how it could relate to the hundreds of experiences that he had been told uh, by other experiencers over the years, things that he had experienced at the camp, you know, things that he and I experienced at the camp together. Um, Because there was a lot of that that he didn't talk about, of course, in the early years before I came back into the picture. So So you've been up to the Sierra site before the terrible wildfire that took it down yeah yes we went i believe it was two years ago now um we went and uh yeah pretty amazing trek that is to get up there mm-hmm. and um actually absolutely gorgeous place and mm-hmm. um so what were your, honored you that experiences I, up there carrie yes i did not see a bigfoot in the fur and flesh however mm-hmm. Definitely heard a couple of really loud tree knocks, and the most exciting thing was Ron and I saw together a rod of light that was about two and a half feet long, kind of with a white, ambery glow, uh, like a floating lightsaber, as odd as that sounds, just skimming through the trees. So below, you know, uh, below the horizon, um, just skimming through the trees about I guess I don't know 30 to 40 yards I'm not very good on ranges but 30 to 40 yards away from us mm-hmm. skimming through the trees and it just it went down um, about 80 yards from us and hovered there and then just disappeared so these non-humans uh, that's what we'll call these entities that mm-hmm. surround not only mm-hmm. Sasquatch but the Sasquatch themselves they seem mm-hmm. to do energy healing work as well. It's been reported right. by more than one person right. on one occasion. So right. is that something that you've experienced or watched happen? Well, that was the part that I was alluding to in that previous story where I was given the message that this person was being healed mm-hmm. and that they didn't need to be afraid and it was okay. And mm-hmm. um, that was from... Um, you know, some creatures that this person has experienced as Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you say that more <laughs> indirectly? <laughs> no, no. Well, I, yeah, I, I wanted to double check on, on what you had already said there. But personally, is this something that you've experienced? For myself, um, No. Not okay. personally. Like, like, are you asking, have I been healed by a Sasquatch? Well, sure. Have you felt, I mean, I, no. I'm going to get into some of the things that you've seen along the way here. You've already described mm-hmm. a UFO that you've seen before. Your mother mm-hmm. yeah. seems to have gifts. So it, yeah. just, mm-hmm. it gets into a deeper discussion of 
what exactly yeah. is the relationship between us and the paranormal, the supernatural, and how, sure, do, we, sure. how do we have discernment along the mm-hmm. way? It sounds like mm-hmm. you're interested in discernment. Right. You're not just letting anything yeah. in the door. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't want. I don't want to have to clean up something later. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, yes, I. I. I it's my intention to be very discerning, mm-hmm. but um, and uh, so I, I have experienced their vibration. I I tend to be more of a feeling than a seeing. So uh, clear, not clairvoyance, but clear sentience. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get a feeling sense of something or um, a feeling sense of another being vibration that is not mine and not familiar to, you know, other Mm -hmm. frequencies. And so um, there's a place here around where we live Mm -hmm. that I could go to. And as soon as I got out of the car, I could feel if they were there or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there, I think that that's not something that, too terribly uncommon in the field of Sasquatch research. I mean, I've heard quite a few people say now um, in the last couple of years, you feel them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the more going back to the fascia, what I do, that the fascia has six times more receptors for information than any of our other muscles or senses or anything. So sight, hand, feeling, any of that. And so we receive this, to, to me, the fascia is directly intertwined with um, our intuition. And that's the largest organ that we receive vibration and frequency into. And so the more we're in touch with our own body, and the more embodied we are, meaning the more present we are and not disassociated with our physical body, a lot of people think for enlightenment, we have to, you know, disassociate from this physical body. And really, we can use it as an aid to really enhance our intuition and receive messages um, through that frequency. Because it's, it's bouncing off of us, this crystalline cellulose matrix that we're made up of. And we can receive that information. And if we're in tune enough, we might be able to decipher it. <laughs> um, so I think that's how, you know, when you step out of a car and I take a deep breath and I go, ooh, they're here. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it in my body. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a way of kind of fine-tuning your heightened senses in a way to communicate with these non-humans. Right. It's our biofeedback system. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about... Uh, the moment where you were over at uh, some friend's house in the morning and you saw something mm-hmm. off in the distance and I'll, oh, yeah. I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, one of the first times that I had been up here to the Pacific Northwest up this far, we hadn't moved here yet. Mm-hmm. And um, we were visiting some friends and uh, I got up and went outside and I, I like to earth and stick my feet in the ground when it, there's not, two feet of snow on it and uh, <laughs> so I, I went you know Ron was in the shower I went out and, and I, I picked up their binoculars that they had on the table and walked out and stood in the ground for a little while and 
looked out over um, the area and was just taking in the beautiful scenery of the water and the trees. And, and then I scanned across into the trees that were closest just off the end of their deck. And all of a sudden I saw this strange shaped pixelated image. You know, it looked like everything behind it, but it was enhanced, like magnified and pixelated in the shape of a Sasquatch. And um, I pulled the binoculars down and then put them back up and pulled them back down and put them back up and, you know, thinking to myself, wow, I'm, I, and I thought, I'm not going to believe what I'm seeing unless you move. Because I'm thinking, you know, okay, my eyes are just making something up. And when I thought that in my head, it turned to the side and turned back. <laughs> like, are you happy now? <laughs> and, and then my hands started shaking and I was immediately filled with gratitude. You know, and, and mm -hmm. I said in my head, I said, wow, thank you. That, wow. Never thought that would be something that I would see. Um, because this was when this was all very new to me. You know, this was four years ago. Um, I had only been dating, I think, a year. And um, so I hadn't heard all of these stories yet about this. I thought, wow, I, I just saw the, uh, was it Predator? That's what mm -hmm. it looked like. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And uh, so I set the binoculars down and, and uh, went in the bedroom and just kind of sat there. I was like, whoa, okay. Wow. This is, I obviously saw something that we don't usually see with our eyes in this world. And um, I was trying to process that. And at the same time, of course, trying to talk myself out of it, because that's what we do. <laughs> and then Ron came into the bedroom and said, you okay? And I told him what happened. And I said, but please don't say anything, all right? I don't want to be the crazy one. Don't say anything. <laughs> and uh, so I went into the shower and just thought, man, what, what just happened? And um, of course, when I came back out, they were all sitting there waiting impatiently with their cups of coffee to hear what I saw because sure enough he spilled just enough of the beans that they were curious but when I told them um you know there was there was a little bit of disbelief a look of disbelief on one of their faces and they wanted to know where I saw this and so I said well come over here I'll show you you know it was right here between these trees and it was this tall and it was this wide and then their faces turned white because that's where um they had seen one before in that exact same spot but in the flesh and I didn't know that so yeah so it's pretty um fantastic experience now were they on the same page as far as the supernatural connection to Bigfoot or do they still not no um maybe not quite at that point mm -hmm. I don't think so mm -hmm. yeah well wow. so what not quite at that you, point what do you think happened there? What, 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 what is this unique ability to, to mm -hmm. pixelate in and out of a view? Does this reach back into, you know, the yogis? Uh, does this reach back into uh, <laughs> what the Tibetans well, talk about with the rainbow body? What, what's your explanation? You know, yeah, I, I, I mean, I haven't gotten to see it with my own eyes, but I've read many instances of, you know, yogis that are meditating or they can use sound to, able to levitate themselves up you know and and begin to kind of disappear a little bit and so i mean the the logical scientific way of looking at it is our eyes can only see in a certain spectrum right and if 
this being is capable of oscillating fast enough mm-hmm. to move out of our perception and back in, then that's how they do it. Um, I mean, are there any other creatures in nature, though, that we know of that can do that? Because here we're talking about something that the natives have put on totem poles that they say is, you know, on right. par with the yeah. eagle and the fox and the bear. And the right. Bear. So what sure, is that? being able to the make themselves here. invisible. Right. Yeah. 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 And there's some, you know, some, some things can do that through changing color. Mm-hmm. Some things can do that through who knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I just really think it comes down to a different biological makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, could we be capable of that if we really got our stuff together enough to mm-hmm. focus intently on one thing for long enough, probably, yeah. But especially in this day and age with all of the distractions and all of our technological media outlets that we have, you know, we are, as humans, we are moving further and further away from that ability rather than closer to it um, in, in, in the large spectrum, I think. Now, are there pockets of people that are, really working on testing this on sitting there hiney down in meditation and really just sitting there and trying to keep that mind focused and disciplining that mind in one, in one place, um, you know, getting, getting it in sync with the heart in order to be able to create and do different things. Um, yes. I think there's, there's a rising up of that, which is really exciting and very cool. Um, Carrie, what do you think of the current, not only Sasquatch climate, but these paranormal communities all kind of mimic the same thing? What You came in this five years ago, six years ago, you knew Ron mm-hmm. as the Bigfoot man, but you've had a chance to go to all these conferences and meet all these different personalities. They're not, yeah. a lot of them aren't on the same page uh, as you or me or right. anybody else. So what, what is your opinion on, on the community at large? You know, so I try to approach it with grace and understanding the human mind helps (laughs) in that unless we see and experience something for ourselves, we have a really hard time believing that it could be true. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like that. And I, I just had a conversation like this with a couple of friends who were energy healers, workers. And someone had experienced something and somebody else was like, oh, well, I don't know about that because I haven't heard about that. And so even us open-mindeders, mm-hmm. open-mindeders, is that a word? <laughs> like, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Flute players. You know, yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're, you know, if we're with each other and then somebody says something really far out, we're like, ooh, I mean, right. that might be a little bit too much, you know? Yeah. So I think we have these degrees. <laughs> of um, what we're willing to believe and not believe. And that usually is predicated by our experience, Mm -hmm. our own experience, Um, because it's just super hard to get out of our box that we've seen things from, especially 
those of us that, that think we're open-minded and think, you know, but then when there's something that really out there that mm-hmm. happens, we're like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know about that one. <laughs> well, let me ask you, what so, do you struggle with as far as two out there? Well, I don't know that at this point, I, I think here's the thing. We, and I know most of the people in these circles will say, I believe anything's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe anything's possible. Now, when it comes right down to it and somebody's telling me this really bizarre story, is it going to go through my hand? Ooh, maybe they're just a little bit crazy. <laughs> um, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. Sure. Yes, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Is it in, is it in my, you know, smaller right. aspects? To well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not asking you to put anybody down, but what do you struggle with as far oh, as no, no. food out no. there? But, yeah. What do I struggle with as far as what? It's something that's too far out there for you that you just struggle with believing. Uh, you know, I guess I don't really put any of my energy towards that. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I, I don't really, I'm just kind of to what that was their experience. Too, that if yeah. that was true, You're, that had to be amazing. That had right. to be awesome. You're way nicer you know. than me is the problem. <laughs> That's the issue. I'm going to give them the lady. benefit of the doubt, right. you know? <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Um, because, yeah, because otherwise, I'm going to be doing to them exactly what this other person might be doing. Well, you would me, still be open to I it. I don't know anybody that's right. doing anything but to me, but you know what. Okay. <laughs> well, I had to give you one tough question. We've been here today with Carrie Campbell, founder <laughs> of Advanced Energy Medicine. And uh, Carrie, it's been great having you on here, but um, I want to Thank ask you. you about this book that you're in the process of writing what, what what's the book about and when can we expect to hear more about it yeah um this book that i'm working on is called when you know that you know go with that when you know that you know go with that reclaiming the power of women's intuition and the physical reason we can believe it um you know in the clients that i see so many women have struggled especially in the medical field and me being one of them, my mother, my daughter, my sister, and um, really pretty much 85% of my clients, uh, my female clients, if they know what's going on with their body or they have a sense of what's going on with their body, but the medical field can't diagnose it and they don't know what it is um, and they can't find it, um, they try to tell you that you're crazy and they put you on medication that you don't need just so you'll stop worrying about it. And then fast forward six months to a year, two years later, the very thing that you knew what was going on that they couldn't find because they don't have the technology or they're not, most of the time they're not willing to listen um, to what a woman feels like she knows about her body. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the, the woman is most likely proven correct. Um, and so it's really, I'm looking for it to be something that is going to support, support and inspire women to just know that they can trust their intuition. And if they have something going on health wise to trust what their body is telling them and to keep searching for someone who will believe them and not 
just go on an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety med 